0: All right. Well, good morning. I hear the young ones chattering, so let's go ahead and set them free. All right. Well, before we jump in, let me just say thank you. Thank you to each one of you. Last week, Mary and I were not here, and that's all thanks to each one of you. And if you didn't know this, you gave Mary and I a couple nights stay out at, uh, out at Newport at the Hallmark Resort. And so we went out there and spent a couple of nights, and uh, Saturday was just gorgeous. I don't know how many times, I can probably count on one finger, the number of times I've been to the coast, been to the beach, and no wind and this would have been the second time it was just absolutely beautiful a few clouds did rain on sunday but that was okay we just had a wonderful time did lots of nothing and so i wanted to come back and as you all were meeting and sharing thanks last sunday i thought i'd come back and share mine today Well, let me invite us this morning to turn to what is called the Gospel according to Isaiah. Isaiah in chapter 2, if you're grabbing a pew Bible, page 484, the words will be on the screen behind me. And I'm going to invite Cliff to come on up. He's going to read for us. Isaiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 5.
1: This is what Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountains of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. Many people, peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Come, O house of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord.
0: Let's take a moment and pray. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this moment, this Advent moment. When we come gathered together, we praise and we worship you. When we read your word, come now, transform us, move us, shake us, mold us, make us, that we might be your Advent people. Amen. So I'm fairly certain that we are all well aware that Christmas is now just three weeks away. And if you've been around for any length of time over the years, you're probably also aware that I love all things Christmas. Christmas is my favorite time of the year. It's my favorite season. I love all things Christmas, including the responses of children to questions that are asked of them questions like, What gifts did the three wise men bring to Jesus? JH5, he said, The wise men gave Jesus gold, frankincense, and myrrh. but I think he would have liked wrestling toys better. <laughs> Ellie, also H5, the three wise men brought Jesus gold, frankincense, and myrrh, no real presents. <laughs> I feel sorry for him. When asked what animals were present when Jesus was born, Matthew, six years old, there were sheep, horses, and a crocodile <laughs> at the stable. Hannah, seven, there was a donkey, a sheep, and a cow there, as well as Mary and Joseph. It sounds quite crowded. <laughs> the question was asked, who was the angel Gabriel? Her in age six, the angel Gabriel a, is a big white fairy. He helped Mary and Joseph look after the baby, kind of like a doctor. Catherine, 9, she says, Gabriel was this herald angel. He was a boy, but he is played by a girl in Christmas plays. (laughs) Millie, age 7, said, I don't know who the angel is, but I like Jesus. Which led to the question, who is Jesus? Jordan, 5, he said, Jesus was a king and he wore a crown, even though he was a baby. It was a really small crown. (laughs) And Sarah, age 7, she simply stated, Jesus is a mystery man which I think for many is true it can also be true for each one of us because in a way we can do all things Christmas right we can do all of the all of the the shopping and the the wrapping of gifts and the decorating we can do all of the trees and the ornaments and the mistletoe we can do all the music and, and movies especially the Hallmark movies right we can do all things Christmas and yet and yet it's all too easy for, for Jesus to be really nothing more than a mystery man. It's all too easy for, for Jesus to kind of be lost and, and left out. Which is why today and for the next several weeks, I want to put a pause on Parshiot, on our series Through the Jesus Backstory. And I want to invite us to turn our, kind of our focus toward what is the season of Advent What author Alfred Delp describes as the time of promise. It is not yet, he says, the time of fulfillment. And we can think there of, you know, are looking forward to when Jesus returns. It is not yet the time of fulfillment. We are still in the midst of everything and the relentlessness of destiny, filled with the noise of destruction and annihilation, the shouts of self-assurance and arrogance, the weeping of despair and helplessness, and I, and I think we get it much kind of like that hymn, right? We live in a fractured and broken world, right? Every one of us experiences kind of that ache and that struggle and that challenge. But round about the horizon, the eternal realities stand silent in their age-old longing. There shines on them already the first mild light of the radiant fulfillment to come. And it is that first mild light that, that the Apostle John tells us has come into the world from the Gospel of John 3 and 19. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light. Right, this first mild light. It's not, it's not the sun or the moon. It's not the, the flickering of the, of the candles. It's not the invention of, the, of, of an incandescent lamp. Right, as recorded in John 8 and 12, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Right, the man of of mystery, the mystery man. Right, the first mild light is the light of the world. What is according to the gospel, according to Isaiah? Our invitation, our invitation, come descendants of, of Jacob, let us walk in the light of, of the Lord. Which on one hand sounds amazing. Right, I think, I think there's a, a part of each one of us that, that we have a, this longing for the light. Right, the light, it, it, it gives us the, the color and the texture. Right? The, the light, light allows us to see wonder and beauty, even the wonder and beauty that is sitting right next to you, is sitting in front of you and behind you. The, the light, it's the light that offers a safety and, and security right from the, from the dark corners, from, from what lurks in the, in the, in the shadows. And, and so we long for the light. Right? We long, long for the light. We are drawn to the light, and yet it is also also—it is also in the light that we become most aware, afraid of what the light might reveal, of what the light might unveil, expose, what the light might uncover. Maybe it's, it's that, that guilt that, that kind of grips you maybe maybe it's that embarrassment that clings to your psyche maybe it's 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 shame that that covers you like a like a blanket maybe- maybe like it was for the apostle Paul, maybe it's that reality that we do the very things we know not to do, and the very things we ought to do we have left undone, and so, like Adam and Eve in the garden we we hide. Right? We, tr- we try to hide, afraid of what will be exposed, and, and, and so what do we do? Maybe it's not fig leaves, but we justify, we, we cover up, we make excuses. Right? Maybe, maybe we try to manipulate or, or, or try to control, we, we lie, we deny, maybe we medicate, we numb out. And then it's the fear begins to rise up, right? And the more the fear comes up, the more we try to hide. And the more we try to hide, the more we feel the fear, right? It is the, the light. right? And, and so in, our, in a sense, we, we, we both in our longing are shouting yes, and yet in our fear, we are shouting no. right? It's where, where our longing is confronted by our our fears. And in a sense, then, we get this, what is this great sort of intuitive message. Right? The light saying, come toward your fears. Move, move toward your fears, not away from them. Right? Lean into your, your anxiety and your, your struggle. Not away from. Face, face your worries and your, your doubts. Right, move face, lean into, right? This this is the invitation of, of the light. Come, descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. And, 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 and so we, we step into the light, right? Knowing and trusting that in some miraculous way, that light is our life. That light is is our life. In every moment, in every minute and every hour and every day and every week and every month and every year that that light is our life in every ache and every struggle and every challenge that light is our life in, in every occasion in every circumstance in every opportunity That light is our life. And so really, as we kind of head into Advent, we're into week two now, I want to invite us to to consider what would it look like to walk in the light of the Lord? And with that, to kind of look at this really from going to be three different ways first off to consider how might i pay attention to the beauty and wonder and delight that is all around me right it, it is the light that gives us color and texture it is the light that allows us to see wonder and, and beauty and and so how might i notice how might i how, how might i make it a daily practice right to to have this awareness of, of god's light shining all all around, what would that look like? And then with that, I think the light also invites us to consider what is God inviting me to bring into the light? What what is that, that fear? What is that failure? What is that struggle? What is that challenge? What is that doubt? What is that worry? Right. What is God inviting me to bring into the light? We could ask it this way. We could say, What have I been keeping hidden from the light? What have I been keeping hidden from the light? Maybe it's resentment, maybe it's regret, grudge, an attitude, pride, greed, unforgiveness. What have I been keeping from the light? And what would it look like then for me to bring that into the light? And then with that, we also have that invitation to consider how is God inviting me to bring light into the dark places? How is God inviting me to bring light into the dark places? David Navu was here last night. He is a pianist. And he neat story. In 1989, he and his new bride moved about a mile down Durham. And he was a piano player. He was a musician, but he didn't have a piano. And so in 1989, which incidentally, this piano was donated in 1989, he found his way down into this building and came in and asked if he could play the piano. I was not here at the time. But he asked the pastor at the time, would it be okay if I played the piano? And so he said, sure. And so he played the piano and said, can I come back again? Pastor said, sure, come back again. So he started coming back regularly. In fact, every day after work, he would come and sit and play for about an hour or so. The pastor eventually gave him a key and said, just come on in any time and uh, feel free to play. That was december 5th then of 1992 that he did his first concert here at this piano so about a few months ago i got this email from somebody i didn't know and he said 30 years ago i did this concert it was my very first one it's now 30 years later i thought it'd be really cool to do a to do a concert but he said i'd really like to do a benefit concert as many of you are aware if you're not we have a food share Taggart Friends Food Share. We serve well over 100 families, feed about four to 500 people each month with about a week's worth of, of food. We've been doing that for about 10 years. And so he said, I'd like to do this, this concert. It would be really neat. Same location, same piano even. And so last night he came and he did that. And it was a benefit concert. And we, I just got the word that we uh, raised just, just under $2,000. David Navu was bringing light, right? Everybody that came last night was partnering with us in bringing light to those in the community who are struggling with food insecurity. What would it look like for us this season to bring light into the dark places? Maybe it's a friend who is feeling despair, Maybe it's a a neighbor who is housebound. Maybe maybe it's a family member struggling with an illness. But how is God inviting you, me, us to bring light into the dark places? The man of mystery, the coming of that first mild light is the light of the world. Come. Come. Let us walk in the light of the Lord.